Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. A very English scandal. Welcome back to Streaming in Place. I'm still not Kate Kalzik because we are still talking about a very English scandal. In this case, season one, episode two. The title is episode two. Uh, Noel, what did you think of episode two of a very English scandal? Um, okay. So I'm going to take a sip of my gin cocktail. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh, I have to join you. Where's my coffee booze? Oh, um, I don't know that if it's because I was grumpy and just like energy drained um, from a phone interview, from being really hot, um, our house does not cool down very quickly. Um, so I ended up feeling really grumpy about this episode and I I don't want to be grumpy about it, but I ended up feeling kind of grumpy about it. Um, Well, tell us about the grumpiness. I think a lot of it boils down to the fact that a little bit of me is struggling with like, as much as I appreciate and actually can, can actively enjoy the tone, I still go, but this is a guy trying to kill another guy. Admittedly, very poorly, but this is also something that happened. Like, this actually happened. Um, And I'm sort of struggling with that on, like, a tonal level of, I'm laughing at this. I don't feel like I should be laughing at this. And I feel bad for laughing at this. Hmm. Um, So I'm struggling with that. Um, I wanted to just kind of tear the score out of the show at some points, um, particularly in the uh, Normans riding down the street while Jeremy's trying to drive out of um, North Devon. Because um, I was just like, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. Nope, score, I don't need you to emphasize this point. I, I, I got it. I got it. Um, so I was just feeling really kind of meh about the whole thing. And again, I really do think that I shouldn't be because I really like the first episode and this is just a carryover in any number of ways from the first episode. But I think just the confluence of events of yesterday of everything, I just went, yeah, I I feel bad about in laughing at a lot of this, even if I also do really appreciate. Yeah. So Jeremy told me to kill him in America. So I immediately thought Florida, (laughs) which... Is the best joke in the entire episode for me. <laughs> because even the even the British are like, yeah, Florida is where this gets done. Um, probably just thinking swamps. But in the real world, it's like, yeah, Florida. It's just like, yeah. So that's kind of where I was. Is like, I recognize that I still like a lot of the stuff that's happening here in terms of what it wants to do and achieve. I just felt grumpy about it. And also they shot a dog. And I, I don't like that. Um, even if I'm not a big dog person, they shot a dog. And I, I feel like, Allison, you should have warned us that they shot a dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's how I'm feeling about it. I apologize for being grumpy. So I'm going to enjoy my gin, sparkling water, and cucumber lime lime and mint shrub cocktail now oh god that sounds good it's real good the shrub is uh, made locally by a uh, guy here in tacoma god i love a shrub um yum i'm jealous 
sometimes you're just sometimes you're just grumpy yeah and, and also it might just be that this episode didn't do it for you and those things are not mutually exclusive kate what did you think yeah, I also had a little trouble with this one at times. And, well, the murder attempt, I guess, the, the was happening. I was like, oh, I I forgot that the dog gets killed. I thought that it was, like, more wacky hijinks and, like, they, like, we're going to kill him. And then just they, like, missed completely and totally bungled the whole thing. Not that they, that they had successfully killed the dog and then not successfully killed the guy. Um, so in my head, it was all more farcical and less tragic, despite the obvious tragedy of everything around this, you know, but like it would, the kind of thing that is easier to play off as comedic because there aren't long-term effects aside from the trauma of the person who, you know, is, is attempted to be assassinated. Um, so I've, I felt actually really bad for having been like, ah, there's fun, more ridiculousness ahead. Because ah, I forgot about that. So I actually, apologies, listeners. Um, I think that the tone is tricky here. And um, they are, what we see in the first episode lends itself better to the tonal, like, balancing act that they're, they're trying to go for than what we get in the second act. Uh, second episode. Uh, so, so what we're getting here, I think again they're doing a really good job with the time, like like speeding through years and everything. I thought the the montage, um, the, uh, the the montage sequences of like going through the years was again very effective. Uh, but it's just it's so it is so much tragedy in Norman's life that uh, when they're trying to be more heightened with it. It doesn't necessarily track for me as well. However, I'm I'm very glad that uh, you mentioned Eve Miles because in her blonde hair, I did not place her immediately, and it was driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> and I did think maybe we should do Children of Earth. Can't remember if Noel has seen Children of Earth. Noel, have, have you seen not. Children of Earth? Mm-mm. Maybe that's a future option. I haven't either. You've never seen Children of Earth? No. Listeners, let us know if you're interested in watching Torture Children of Earth, which is I mean, five I episodes. And- I never got into Torchwood Land. I never jumped on that. Oh, yeah, show. I didn't either. So. Yeah. Controversial opinion among Torchwood and Doctor Who people. I don't think it's very good, but Torchwood Children of Earth is very good. Um, I mean, P- Peter Capaldi is one of the main characters, so before he was the Doctor. <laughs> so... That's all you need to know, really. Um, so maybe that's on the docket for later when we need a tonal shift again. But anyways, she's Eve Miles is very good in that. She's very good here. I always appreciate getting to see her, you know, in various you know roles that are not um, Gwen from from Torchwood as opposed to Gwen in this. So, uh, but yeah, there's so much there's so much tragedy in his life uh, that it makes it hard to enjoy or pivot back to like the can you believe this is happening kind of stuff and there's a sense of impending doom to all of that that maybe is intentional and we'll see what happens in episode three but um watching the the hench people i guess discuss why are we we don't want to do this why are we engaging in conversations as if we're going to do this when neither one of us wants to do it and we're gonna try to weasel out, out out of it why don't we just say no 
Uh, I think there's even more there, but I thought that if you're only going to do three episodes, that's about as, as much time as you're going to give that subplot. And I appreciated moments like that. Um, yeah, it, I think it's it it's less fun than the first episode, but it has to be less fun than the first episode because of what's happening. Um, and I liked the darkening of, of Thorpe and uh, Grant's performance as well over the course of the years in which this episode is set and how that shades what was already a he's terrible performance from the first episode so i liked it more than Noel, i think but uh but i definitely had more complicated emotions around it than the first episode which i feel like feels weird considering the first episode also includes like sexual assault and rape um that we're just like mm, bunnies but then we're just like oh murder <laughs> Allison, we're raining on your parade. Please tell us about this episode and why. We're oh, <laughs> you're not you're not raining on my parade. This is not an episode of Fuck Your Favorites with Kate Kulzik. Um, okay. A guest it's, starring Noel Kirkpatrick. <laughs> I do think guest starring very special guest star. Um, I get that special guest star right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, your name doesn't appear in the credits because they don't want to spoil anything. So you get the special appearance by Noel Kirkpatrick at the end. Yes. Um, you know, I like this one more than both of you, but I have also seen it. So I feel like I can look at it as a part of a whole and a mini series is obviously a very different beast. So, um, I'll be curious to know if your perspective on it shifts at all. Once we watch the finale, um, for Monday for week 20. Yeah. I was hitting my forehead on the microphone listeners. Um, but for me, the tonal shift works and i guess the the tension in the tone works because we're essentially seeing norman's story through thorpe's lens right he says at the beginning of this episode that it's um well we see that really brilliant opening juxtaposition of him giving that incredibly impassioned speech and then jumping to like so where are we going to put the body without even really putting any distance between himself and parliament right like they're in this they're still in the building they're going up the stairs and he's talking about this um and then later he says you know it's all a game and it's one i'm playing well and so to him getting rid of norman Josef is just part of the game um until we get to that moment on the horse right and then it sort of becomes a, like a more desperate, more pointed thing. And certainly I'm not, I wouldn't say that Grant's performance is all about that artifice and that feeling of invincibility and that dehumanization of the people around him. Because I think the scene um, after his first wife's death is you know, complicated and affecting, but then of course it always comes, it still comes back to what are we going to do about the Scottish problem? Um, But because we're seeing it through that filter of um, it's all a game, we're watching all of his machinations kind of play out while Norman is just trying to live his life and get his insurance card. The first time when she says, well, you still haven't gotten your national insurance insurance card. Um, it's just bonkers. So I think that that tension is, is there purposefully. I think, um, we watch Peter, I'm sorry, Andrew. Oh, Peter, uh, uh, 
the man from Canada, he's coming, he's coming to kill you. No, he's coming to talk to you. No, he hired me. Um, when we see him unable to do the thing that we know from the very beginning, he's going to be unable to do, um, that is sort of the collision of those two stories, all of the sort of the fantasy that the rest of them are living in where they're just wheeling and dealing comes crashing into a human being with a real life and a dog and a landlady who loves him. And people are so nice to him everywhere he goes and he doesn't understand it. Um, and that collision point I think is really important and sort of sets up what's coming next. The tone is still going to be that like Davies, um, yeah. acidic, um, humanist, but like clever sort of wildian thing that he does. Um, but it, to me is like a person who's living authentically and a person who could not be living more inauthentically and not just in terms of their, um, sexuality and who they choose to love and how they choose to live their lives, but in all of their dealings with the people they encounter, um, coming into conflict with each other and, and the tension that results from that. Um, so yeah, that is sort of my take on it, but I, un, I totally see where you're coming from. And I'm curious to see if that changes for either of you a little bit after we watch the finale. Marcus says, poor Rinka. And I agree. Um, he also says it was a weird strategy to be like, you know, this guy will just forget that he wants to have this other guy assassinated. That scene. I love so much. Um, Alex Jennings is so good because it's up. Ob- it's obviously not going to work out that way that it's an act of pure denial, right? Like it's obvious. We already know that some part of Bessel wants this to come out because of what he did with the letters. So can we talk about Chekhov's briefcase for a moment? I actually was very much on board with the, uh, he keeps he'll forget let's just like it's not a long-term solution but as a short-term solution especially uh because uh is it alex what's the character's name um uh peter yeah peter bessel uh is like leaving he's like i'm i'm out i'm gonna go move to america i'm out of all this he like thinks we can just like when the time he remembers i'll be gone (laughs) right (laughs) That I totally buy. Uh, Noel, you had mentioned in the comments it feels Trump-like, and it absolutely is. <laughs> and that you know, is is allegedly, according to reports, what uh, various people who have been in the inner circle at the White House during the Trump administration have been doing. Be like, yeah, totally, we'll totally do that. And just like, you'll forget about it in a week, hopefully. Um, and... So that I, I totally bought that, but it is clearly not going to be a long-term solution because he keeps coming back to it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I think that we're not weirdly. I think that the scenes I really liked were the ones with people discussing Thorpe's thrall over them. And like, so watching uh, Bessel and David um, discuss that in California um, was really, I think just the right amount like kate like you said that they only have like three episodes so you need you need it somewhere if like for drama purposes and i think it works really really well um because as much as it's very much bessel leaving the country because he's bankrupt and you can't be um an mp and be bankrupt um it just doesn't look good 
Um, so he goes to California instead, um, where historically he does not do well in the United States either. Um, but just that entire idea of starting over being on the beach and then just like the sand, the waves and everything washing away this idea of we're going to kill a guy, right? Cause this guy that we are both like attracted to, but drawn to, I think is a stronger and more accurate term than even attracted to. Um, wants us to do it, but we don't want to do it. But we kind of feel like we need to do it. I I just really like that. So then, that whole concept of that valise of letters being in that ceiling, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, this is a guy who definitely knows that he's doing something wrong. But in that very upper cl- upper crust, elite sort of way of. Well, it would be improper if I actually just went to the authorities with all of this. But if it just happens to be found out when they remodel my office, oh no. Um, or whatever ends up happening with that police. Um, it just all kind of fits with this cycle of power structures and what Allison discussed yesterday about that untouchability that they think they have. Um, and just all of that type of stuff. So I think it all works of a piece and it's arguably like the best parts of the episode for me, apart from, as Kate said, watching Norman try to like lead his life and the struggles they're in to do that without that national insurance card. Mm. Yeah. Man. That scene in the, in the office was very entertaining for me if only because i was momentarily distracted by the mustard yellow uh, oh, paint it's or such, wallpaper or whatever it's so good i was like <laughs> oh the mustard yellow i mean i'm playing attention to the story i am and i was but i but you know it's just delightful um and i like that it isn't just like a letter in an envelope it's no we've got a briefcase full <laughs> sticking it out there that's some some confidence in the uh strength of the ceiling tiles and also uh lack of curiosity of whoever's going to be there next that office is never going to be remodeled over the course of 10 15 years ever nope not going to happen <laughs> nope not in england no not in not in downtown london notable for tearing down a bunch of buildings and building up new stuff nope not going to happen uh we also sort of tear through some relationships in this episode so norman gets married at the most awkward wedding brunch of all time god perhaps it's so so rough i'm like what is happening because we don't have like any context for this it's just here's a wedding at wedding dinner or whatever and it's like here's the thing that's happening and it's just like oh wow this is bad and then it just gets worse (laughs) <laughs> yep it goes from that awful wedding toast to that's bad for everyone it's bad for norman it's bad for susan um because it's a quick reminder of your your sister your older sister couldn't be here because her actor husband is going to is off shooting what sounds like a really bad b movie <laughs> <laughs> i meant to look up the movie to see um if it was real or not but just all of that and then she just comes back to their cottage in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Um, and then somehow packs all of it up into that blue truck, like leaves him with nothing. It's just, it's rough. And it's sort of, it's sort of like for me was like the initial tipping point of, oh, this is all going very badly. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know how to feel about all of this because this is this is funny in that kind of sad, pathetic way that they've that both the show and Wish uh, Winshaw are playing Norman and writing Norman, but it still feels bad. <laughs> As I was watching, I was like, "It's I, it's good that she took the kid." Yes. Yeah, it's good that she took the kid. He is not the most stable individual. He's not always great at taking care of himself, let alone a baby without support. Um, but also, I don't, don't feel good for the, the kid either. Yeah. Growing up with that mom. Yeah. Um, no. I'm just watching it going like, you don't, don't judge these lives. You don't know enough about don't judge these lives. <laughs> but um, the, yeah, it's, it's not. It's a rough, it's a rough go of things, um, for Norman and yeah, yeah. Having the combination of the the relationship and the kid and then the dissolution of all of that into the like, yeah, it's a lot. And and I think that the they did a good job, like we'd already mentioned, of um, balancing like the paralleling their stories, right? Thorpe and and um, Joseph and drawing attention to it as needed to to feel appropriate you know like he's he gets married you get married he has a kid you have a kid kind of thing that conversation with with susan um but then using that as a way to draw contrast between them rather than just the parallels of their lives uh it's so that is certainly affecting and you're just waiting for you're waiting for at least narratively if this was fictional i would be waiting for norman to then get a win or assume that the, the story ends with him getting a win. But I feel like there's no way for that to happen. I mean, spoiler alert for history, he doesn't die, but that doesn't feel like it's much of a win. So um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how all of this feeds. I, this feels like it's a very transitional episode. Of course it's the middle episode, but a lot of how I feel about this episode, I think will determine, be determined by how they land everything in the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the third, I assume, focuses on the trial a good bit. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, Allison's, Allison finally getting to take a um, sip of water. I'm so refreshed. <laughs> um, God, that is that is a very satisfying feeling. Isn't it, though? It's great. Yeah, right? I'm going to I'm gonna have to watch ahead on Lucifer season five just so I can have seen it. <laughs> and you want no i won't do that that's um, latoya for screener access <laughs> i should um i want to touch on one more thing and then get your picks for the best costume of the episode again um which is we mentioned eve miles already and then mostly talked about torchwood so um i think that the scenes with gwen are sort of like a perfect little mini act inside this episode i that i just find really fascinating um so i'm curious what your thoughts are on that and and how it reflects on the rest of the episode and also her performance which i think is just fucking incredible (laughs) noel how familiar are you with eve miles not at all um like when you were mentioning her earlier i was like wait who did she play i assume in my brain i was like it has to be eve not eve but uh gwen um but i was just like 
don't know. I haven't looked her. I didn't look her up um, during this conversation. So I will go back and look her up. But my impulse is not very, <laughs> since the name is not recognizable. You might remember her from Doctor Who. If you Do you remember the Dickens episode with the ghosts? Vaguely, yeah. She was the the one who says bad wolf, who's like at the, the seeing okay. ghosts and stuff. That's her. Okay. And then she, and then that character's great, great something daughter, also played by the same actor, ends up working working at Torchwood and is the female lead of that show. Okay, yeah, um, and I never watched Torchwood. So. She also uh, had a pretty juicy part on Victoria, um, at least I didn't in watch season any Victoria, one. So. Um, but she's one of those. I'm a British TV actor, so you see me in a million things, and eventually right. yeah. my face becomes familiar. She's one of those. Um, yeah. Anyway, but no, it's the her, everything with Gwen's really, really good. I think, and I agree that it's this really delightful little mini arc. Um, that for me kind of has like a lot of like those fun little narrative coincidences that you could only get away with in terms of it actually being true. So like. Husan being her MP basically and her having a connection there feels like would be writerly convenience in a fictional story, but here just makes sense um, and kind of works within, even if it's sort of like massaged, um, it all works to like make sure everything kind of loops back in and the ways in which everything just kind of ends up being connected that Norman can't escape even if he's, maybe not actively trying to escape, but passively trying to escape Mm -hmm. um, or forget that he can't. And so all of that's really good. And then I think really the whole thing with the discovery of the body, which I think is really well played, um, does such a really good job of driving home that and answering for me, like the larger question of this yeah, he's not conning really anyone. He's just sad um, and struggles. And I think that that more than anything, I think was my big one of my bigger takeaways from this episode. So I really, really liked that whole like ten minute segment of the episode, um, five ten minute segment of the episode. I think it's just really, really great. Um, I do want to know why he was in London for like three weeks, um, but. It was still really good and really touching, and I liked all of it, plus the political stuff um, that kept it tapped in. So it all worked, I think, relatively well. Um, yeah, Kate, how did you feel about it? I mean, Miles does a lot with, like, basically three scenes. Um, and uh, she, I mean, you really get a sense of what that character feels like. It's like three scenes and a walk down the street. Where there's some assholes by the side of the road, Those right? Assholes. Um, and I think having like because clearly Norman, I mean, just on a narrative level, um, and obviously it's based on true, but if this is at all accurate, Norman needs someone else to be like, this is super fucked up. You like because he just he just like present and and it tells you a lot about him, which we are which tracks what we've already seen, but like that he is so open with his partners about his history and his connection to Thorpe, not bring necessarily bringing it up as a way to brag or to like, you know, to inflate his sense of connection or anything, but just as like, yeah, this has been, this is a big part of the problems that I'm dealing with. Um, or, you know, for Susan, it felt like a crutch 
right? Like of this is, I'm very focused on this. And because of that, I have struggled to, to move on, you know? So that, that's really tells us a lot about him, but for her, you know, there, there's just, there's a lot of texture to the performance and without a, you know, you, it could easily just be a character where your job is to connect this person to this person so that the story can then pivot and ultimately reach its um, climax in the next episode when the assassination attempt is bungled. And then, you know, the, the political enemy can be like, ha ha ha, I was already looking into this, you know? Um, and instead we get this complicated and um, really sad, of course, based on, you know, her, the little bit we see about her, she seems like she's very lonely. She's had, she's, already gone she's very explicit about how lonely she is kate yeah (laughs) long nights very very long nights but um but just with the the death of her first husband and um with her you know it would seems like a lack of confidence in her relationship and her ability to be loved um from you know from norman or just in general and um she's clearly got a lot of of things that she's dealing with and she's struggling with in her own um, psychology or, or just her own mental health. And it's just, it's a really, I, I appreciated that we didn't see a body Perry Mason and we didn't, um, you know, it, it, we saw what we needed to see, which was her and where she was at. And then the fallout. And I appreciated that. I thought it was, I thought her arc was handled really well. Great. Um, do either of you have a favorite costume? I think it might be it might be hers. I really liked her first costume. I th- again, like when she shows up with the coffee and she's got the little satchel, right? And so yeah. just like a packet. It told me a lot about her and a zillion theory. layers. Yeah, very yeah. earthy. Yeah, yeah, that's a really no. good costume. I don't have a favorite costume. I will like remember to take notes for the finale so that I have a costume. Great. Um, but I do have a favorite line that just kind of hit me real hard in the feels of, I'm told she apologized for the inconveniences Ugh. they were. And I just went, oh, that is definitely something I would do in that situation. If I were Caroline being pulled out of a car wreck to the paramedics, I would apologize for the inconvenience because I'm constantly saying I'm sorry for even the tiniest thing. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely apologize for the inconvenience. And I went, Oh, I feel that a little too hard, a little too hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very good line. Um, that's a real, that's a real Russell T Davies kind of line. That's a, that's a, it is an aggressively RTD uh, uncut RTD. Um, I uh, do have a favorite costume uh, and it's, it's um, Norman's black leather trench coat that he wears to parliament where all of a sudden he is just like the most stylish person you've ever seen. It's just ostentatious enough. It is definitely attention seeking, right? Like he just looks chic. So of course everyone is like, who's that guy? Um, Which I think sort of falls into I, I think of Norman in, in this miniseries as being sort of like a person who is so himself and so incapable of artifice, I guess. Um, 
that he doesn't realize that he's a grenade with a pin jiggling in it. And everyone else seems to know that. Like, certainly all the people who are in the game seem to know the effect that he could have on lives, whereas he just wants his national insurance card. (laughs) Um, So when he is so sort of ostentatiously himself and he looks so stylish and so chic, it, it feels like he doesn't realize his own impact, I guess. Anyway, uh, that is going to do it for today. Marcus says um, his win was not being assassinated and losing his dog instead. It's not much of a win. Um, see also John Wick. Um, that's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. Uh, he also says this episode was dark beyond the assassination plot given uh, an OD death and a car accident death. Yes, I agree. It is. Um, it is not light viewing. It's fun, but it's not light. Um, that is going to do it for today. Thank you to Marcus for hanging out in the chat. Also, Keenan, crap, Keenan texted me and wanted me to say... Uh, I might not make it to the Zoom, but you can tell them that I have shrieked aloud alone in my living room multiple times. So that's her feedback. Um, so thank you to Keenan for that. But unclear what those shrieks were, were for. Like the light, horror, Gus just did something weird. Like just unclear what those shrieks were for, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's, it is unclear. Uh, we will be back Monday to talk about the finale of season one of a very, very, very English scandal. And we will hope to see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.